The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand. And we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. We want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Kirk Worldbeck. And Sunday of Week 8 is done. Woo. Weird week. A lot going on. Chargers, Bears, Sunday of Football. We don't have to ever talk about that again. Not much to unpack there. Yeah. No. Never thought like a team that lost by 20 got job by the refs. But like the fact that the first play, just the, the player just kept going to the end zone. And the ref was like, yeah. And then they're like, yeah, someone blew a whistle. So the whole game, whatever. And then they brought in the ref, like the booth ref, or the, the guy who like works for NBC. And they're like, what happened there? And he's like, I don't know. That was that was weird. That <laughs> <laughs> was the whole game. Like there were all these. And then later they were like, yeah, that was intentional grounding. Or sorry, Collinsworth was like, that was intentional grounding, right, Terry? And Terry's like, yep, absolutely, Chris. And they're like, cool. And then the refs <laughs> just never even discussed it. And they just went going. And I'm like, I just, I've never sympathized with a team that lost by 23 with the refereeing ever in my entire life. But. It's fine because it makes up for Tyson Bajan's dad just getting all this airtime. And I'm like, okay, cool. At least did you see they, they sat him right next to the very enthusiastic Chargers fan woman that got uh, went viral a couple of weeks ago. Are they giving her free tickets for the rest of the season? You think like, how does that work? Do you think she's a plant? Is that what you're insinuating? No, I'm saying now that she has gained this public like persona, like, do you think they're now inviting her to games for free? Cause she's they should. on camera. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The actual news of the day. This sad. Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Vikings, probably almost definitely tore his Achilles. So the Vikings won by 14. They beat the Packers, kind of won the game, but like lost the war or battle. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is the war, but um, Cousins is out for the season. And like, I don't know. There's so many ways to look at this. I mean, it sucks for the Vikings. It, it sucks for 
fantasy football, if you have the Vikings, if you have Kirk, he's done. Jordan Addison, who's been fantastic. I mean, he has seven touchdowns this season. Like, I, it might be hard to play going forward. I mean, the quarterback now is Jaron Hall, who's a fifth-round rookie out of BYU. And I feel like TJ Hawkinson was a top two, top three tight end. He's not going to be that probably anymore. And then Justin Jefferson, if you had him on IR and hoping he'd come back and save you for the playoffs. I don't know. TK, this is, it's so weird. Kirk Cousins, like it's all, also he's going to be 36 next season. I know this is a inflection point for this franchise, of course, because now the question is, where does Kirk play next year? Are they, I mean, it's almost positive. They're going to move on from him at this point. Who's going to be the next quarterback? Are they going to trade for a guy? There's just so many questions to answer or to ask right now. And so, it does. Uh, it, it's just, it sucks, especially just for fantasy though. Like, I mean, obviously it sucks the most for Kirk Cousins, but it sucks for fantasy just because all these guys that we we're relying on now are probably going to have much, much lower floor or much, much lower ceiling, lower floor. And I think it also begs the question, like, what are we going to see with Justin Jefferson the rest of the year? Um, is he going to come back and be, or is he going to come back even at all? And is he going? If he does come back, is he going to be the elite guy? Yeah, it's a bummer for Minnesota because I, you know, like three weeks ago, everybody was like, "Are they going to trade Kirk to the Jets? How are they going to tank?" You know, they should just focus on getting Justin Jefferson the quarterback of the next decade. And then they beat the Niners. They put they they you know strung a couple wins together, and the the, the Lions lost, and it was like, oh wow, like the Lions are actually not that far out of first place in the NFC North. So it, it's a huge bummer that they were actually gaining momentum and like becoming a contender again this year. And, and now it's all in in the trash. Maybe this is bad, but, and I'm one of those people that when the Vikings started 0-3, I'm like, just trade him to the Jets. Maybe this is bad, but my first thought was, can you imagine if the Jets had traded for oh Kirk Cousins God. and then he also tore his Achilles? What's going on with these Achilles injuries? It feels like there's, like, Craig, there's you more. mentioned this. Yeah. It feels like the, the, the Achilles is the new ACL where it's like, I, I, I mean, again, maybe this is all anecdotal because like Aaron Rodgers is famous and it's, but I feel like it's happened a lot in the NBA and the NFL in like the last like four or five years. I felt like the run of it started with like the Durant, Clay Thompson around like 2019. And then since then, I feel like all we hear about is guys tearing their Achilles more so than their ACLs. Yeah. Anecdotally, to me, it always felt like a very rare injury. It was like, you know, obviously in most, like in most cases, injury. it was like career ending, career ending. It's not, the, it's not like that anymore. A lot of guys are coming back from it, which is great. Um, but it, it definitely feels more common for whatever reason. I don't know why, but it sucks for him. Kirk Cousins is set to be a free agent next year. And I think it's weird. It doesn't just affect the Vikings. It's like the free agent class in general for quarterbacks. Like if you're not going to be in position for a young quarterback in the draft, Kirk Cousins kind of was the free agent class. It's like, now it's like what there's Ryan Tannehill's a free agent. I mean, is he going to retire Baker Mayfield with the bucks? He's the only starter. And then it's like Jacoby Brissett and Tyrod Taylor and Sam Darnold and Drew Locke and Gardner Minshew. And I'm like, okay, so backups. Wow. That's the free agent class? I believe so. Maybe there's a couple depressing. guys that missed, but that's... Yeah. So, I mean, Kirk... And also, where is Kirk going to... Who's going to sign Kirk Cousins to rehab with them? Somebody will sign him. I feel like he's he's proven enough over the years. Somebody will sign him. Plus, you know, what we saw with the show... I didn't actually watch the show, but like one of the big things that was coming out of that quarterback show on... It was Netflix, right? Um was that he just is like a absolute lunatic about taking care of his body. So he's kind of got like the Aaron Rodgers vibe. Maybe he'll be back this year. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, look at Rodgers was running around pregame. If Rodgers comes back successfully, does Kirk have to listen to dolphin porn? <laughs> he seems like he'd be up for it. Uh, he already does a lot of like cognitive training where he like hooks up like, like things to his brain and like runs frequencies through them. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's how they call plays. <laughs> They're just 
hardwired in. It runs frequencies through the... <laughs> Whatever the it's called. You're explaining that's how that talking is. works. It's just a frequency <laughs> going through your brain. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. No, listen. That's how music works, too. You know? Yeah, it's just a think frequency, about it. man. It's literally a vibration. Okay. So, yeah. So, that sucks for the Vikings. But oh, so many quarterbacks got hurt today. So, Kirk towards Achilles. That sucked. Matt Stafford hurt his thumb. Desmond Ritter was like cleared of a concussion, but then never re-entered the game. And then Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, said that it was not performance-related benching for Ritter. I, whatever happened. Kenny Pickett suffered a rib injury. Tyrod Taylor suffered a rib injury for the Giants. And then he's actually in the hospital right now overnight. Well, we're recording this Sunday night. That poor I guy. We're listening to this. I know. He's had some really rough luck. I, I think, I, I, who's to know? I mean, he got stabbed. We always joke about it, but like he got freaking hit with a needle too hard and I think go to the hospital for that. So I feel like it might be related. I don't know. So then the Giants went to their third string quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Like there was some, we came into the weekend thinking it was tough for quarterbacks. <laughs> we're, we're down to Tommy DeVito now. Jesus. Tommy DeVito? What what Scorsese <laughs> movie was he in? I forget. Good God. Is this the most Italian quarterback ever? Like I thought it was Ben DiNucci, but like Ben DiNucci, I looked it up. He's from Georgia. Tommy's from New Jersey. He went to Don Bosco Prep. This is the most <laughs> Italian serious? dude ever. You know that the oh, the name Tommy DeVito. Uh, Tommy DeVito is one of the original members of the band The Four Seasons. Oh, Tommy DeVito. Interesting. I just love it. I just love that this guy is is in the playing quarterback. <laughs> a quarterback You're named so Tommy right. in general is great. Joe Pesci must have played a character named Tommy DeVito at some point, right? Tommy DeVito. He sounds like he's hanging just out like with an extra. Yeah, De Niro he's an extra in any of like. Yeah, any of those shows, any of those movies. And he threw for negative one yards. Well, <laughs> I was going to read Will Levis' stat line and just pretend it was Tommy DeVito's stat line. We'll get to the would you have rather that. had Kendall Hinton today in the game or Tommy DeVito? You know what's <laughs> tough is there's two separate games the Giants have had this year where that's a question. Yeah. How many passing yards did the Giants finish with this, uh, all right, this fine, game? You start are, with we, the are we fight. ready to talk about, about this? Will Levis, but screw seven. it. Let's talk about the Giants seven. now. The Giants, no, seven passing. But if you do net passing yards, if you subtract sack yards from the passing yards, the Giants had negative nine passing yards today. Jeez. Is that that a record? Well, the only team since 2010 that's had negative passing yards in a game is also the Giants two years ago with Jason Garrett. They lost 26 points to the Bears. It's the only team since 2010 to do that. I'm so sick of the Giants, Heifetz. I'm sorry, but Jesus. I think the Giants and the Jets should play each other every week. I think that <laughs> I think everybody would be cool with that. They just play I was seventeen say, you games. You were spared this being in prime time. I can't believe. So I, the Jets won thirteen to ten in overtime. The Jets got the ball twenty four seconds left, down three. They somehow managed to spike the ball with a second left. I have no idea how it happened. It honestly is one of the worst Giants games I've ever seen. I think that t- uh, three of the worst ten Giants games in Giants history. <laughs> it's like this every season. week. The so it was pouring rain. The turf was a disaster. Everyone got hurt. I think there are so many numbers that could summarize this game. Low key, one of them is probably that Darren Waller was ruled out for the entire game with a hamstring injury, and he left with like one catch for four yards, and he was the leading receiver for the team. <laughs> like that's like that's oh, God. Like, but they had, the Giants and Jets had fifteen punts in the first half, which is the most in the twenty first century. 
15. 0 for 17 combined on third down in the first half. It's impossible. <laughs> so it's like they, the Giants abandoned the concept of the forward pass. Tommy DeVito is essentially, it honestly, it happened to my like high school varsity team. Like we had two quarterbacks, one broke his collarbone, one had a concussion. We just couldn't run an offense. We just had our running back take direct handoffs. The Giants, that's what they did. Saquon had 34 carries for like 128 yards, which that's not that many. Yeah, they actually. called they called Joe Judge's nephew, Tommy DeVito. And they're like, hey, can he play quarterback today? Is that cool? <laughs> Tommy? Yeah, he'll, he'll come. For context, when I said the last team to do that negative passing yards was the Giants, before the Giants, the last time a team had had negative net passing yards was the Titans in 2009 when they lost that game to the Patriots 59-0. to And we all, we've we talked about a lot. It's That's the most dominant pro football game I've ever oh seen. My God. That was the last time there was negative <laughs> net passing yards. 59-0 to uh, through three quarters. Anyway. Also, just I hated every here, minute of that game. Saquon's dad wore a Jets jersey to the game. What's happening here? What's going on here? Apparently he's done this before. <laughs> 2019, apparently Saquon got him the jersey. It's a Joe Namath jersey. And he's just like, I love you, son, but I'm a Jets fan. And he just roots for the Jets. Well, it's better that Saquon got it for him. That's that's context I needed because otherwise I'm going to be like, all right, dude. Yeah. It, this is it? No, but it's, no, no, no. Before he was in the NFL, it's not like Saquon was on the Giants. Imagine loving a pro team more than your son. But did you hear that 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 piece of information? It was before he was on the Giants. He got him the jersey. Yeah, he was like at Penn oh. State. <laughs> okay, I'm back. This is terrible. What are we <laughs> yeah, doing here? Okay. Can you imagine? He walked out of the stadium with him. That's like Liz just wearing like a barstool sweatshirt around every day. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she has her loyalties, you know? Um, not changing now. She loves PMT. She's like, what can I tell you? I liked PMT long before you worked at the ringer, Craig. So yeah, uh, I didn't want to talk about that right now, but whatever. Talk about the actual good football. Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans. Game of the week. Tight game of the century. Titans beat the Falcons 28 to 23. Will Levis replaced Ryan Tannehill's first career start. Will Levis had 238 passing yards, four touchdown passes, which for context, Ryan Tannehill had two touchdown passes on the entire season. Will Levis had four today. And he was the third stringer <laughs> until the this week. Yeah, that's the craziest thing about this whole situation is he was not even the backup. He was the third stringer. What are these coaches doing? This is this feels to me like this, the Justin Herbert situation all over again. Like if Ryan Tannehill hadn't gotten hurt, like Will Levis would be the third string guy still. I guarantee you. Maybe th- throughout the whole season, Will Levis would never have seen the field. And now we get him in, and he looks awesome. He was really sharp. I actually went back to uh, somebody tweeted out a clip of every throw he made in this game. It was he was really sharp, man. Like there was a few, maybe like two or three sort of iffy throws in there, but otherwise he was really accurate on time. Like he dumped off when he should and he hit those, he hit the big throws down the field, like really accurate down the field. So man, he was awesome. He was really, really exciting. This is like a breath of fresh air into this offense that absolutely sucked all year. What are these Dude, coaches he doing? He has an absolute cannon of an arm. I couldn't believe <laughs> the ball coming off of his hand. Every, I mean, his three deep balls to, well, he had, he had two deep balls to to DeAndre Hopkins. One was definitely an offensive pass interference on DeAndre. Dude, he had one to, to Westbrook Akinia, which I think was the best one of the day. He was like backpedaling, like flicks it off his hand, 40 yards, beautiful right in his lap. Uh, I was like shocked at like the strength of his arm, the accuracy of his deep balls. And not only that, for somebody who's like, seems to be, I feel like Will Levis's persona is like gunslinger, like, plays recklessly. I actually thought he was like kind of responsible as a quarterback. Like he took a couple sacks to not like run clock in the fourth quarter. Like he ran out of bounds at the right times. He actually was, was much more like coherent as a quarterback rather than somebody who just had a cannon of an arm. I totally agree. Third string all year. I, 
I'm not gonna lie. Maybe it's because we kept making jokes that he was like Blue Mountain State. I kind of thought he'd be a little dumb, like just play like a golden retriever, like a young Josh Allen, like all that. So he actually played really well. Honestly, also his best throw of the day, I thought was an incompletion. He threaded a pass, not even like horizontally, but like vertically dropped it pass into Chigo Conquo between three defenders and then Chig- like dropped it. Oh yeah, he but, dropped it. Uh, he was incredible. Uh, and my only question, well, first of all, Four people had four touchdown passes in their NFL debut. Fran Tarkenton, Marcus Mariota, and Will Levis, which talk about what would what would they talk about? What would those three people talk about? But that's a weird <laughs> That's list. next season of quarterback. I think it's those three. I'm pretty sure. They're bringing <laughs> Mariota three. back, but and I will it's say, Levis and Fran. Do, should we keep in mind, is it Will Levis or was it the Houston Oilers throwback uniforms? Like, are they like a like Mike thing? Like anyone God, could have done so this today good. in his uniforms? Look good, feel good, play good, guys. 100%. He, he looked good in the uniform. I actually can't like picture him in the in the modern Tennessee Titan uniform now. Like to me, that this is what Will Levis is. It's the Houston Oilers. Just keep him. I like the, um, the thing that struck me about this game is the his redemption arc is actually very fun because like, if you go back, obviously he, he was highly talked about prior to the draft. Then he fell on draft day. He was that was massively, massively disappointing because he thought he was going to be like top ten pick. He went to the there green room. There was a room, moment like where cam- he was going to be a number one pick. Yeah, the cameras were on him the whole night. He was just like inconsolable. He looked so sad. It was like very like a tough moment. Um, his the girl that was sitting with him in the green room recently, I think according to PMT, actually uh, broke up with him. She's a social social media influencer named Gia Duddy. Um, and this happened. He's been playing behind Malik Willis all year. I, I think forgot I said his name. That like he was reading it. Like I couldn't language. remember his name. Gia, I, it sounds like I got that wrong. I might have written it wrong. Anyway, um, Gia Duddy. Anyway, but no, anyways, and then all that, all this shit happens to him this whole year, and he has like his heroic moment here. His whole family was there at this game. He like had one of the greatest debut performances of any rookie quarterback ever. Like this is awesome. This is a great story. He had swag too. He, he's so ripped. He, he's almost a little bit too buff to throw. Like his motion actually looks a little stiff and weird because his like, biceps are too big. Um, tight skin. <laughs> like I, he's like pretty he's thick, tight. man. When he's running, like he's very mobile. He can lower his shoulder into somebody. I think there's a couple takeaways. One, look, DeAndre Hopkins had like the like probably more points today than he has like his whole season on the Titans. He had three touchdowns, 130 yards. Is is DeAndre Hopkins a screaming sell high because like Will Levis is a rookie and this is probably not going to happen again? Or is this the beginning of something beautiful? <laughs> I think probably the former. The former. <laughs> if yeah. we're being yeah. completely realistic here. Um, I will say like, again, Will Levis was expected or like at least through part of the process, expected to be like a top 10 pick. Um, I wouldn't treat him like an, any normal second round pick. It just kind of like happened that way and then no one else was ready to take a quarterback that high and blah, blah, blah. And he ended up being a second round pick. But I think, you know, we can be pretty optimistic about him going forward. And, and honestly, he looked a lot like the guy who played two seasons ago for Kentucky. Like he was much more of a gunslinger two seasons ago. Um, he was more on time. You know, he did like the big play action shots down the field. I, ta- I talked about this on the Friday show. I think like he, he had like no big time throws last year. It was like he had like one of the lowest big time throw rates of any college quarterback last year. And I felt like in this game, he was letting it rip, which is great to see. He had a swag back, like Craig said. So I'm actually pretty excited about where this is going to go. Watch watch the Titans just go right back to like Tannehill or, or Malik Willis or whatever next week and just like completely fucking blow our minds. I want to give a little credit to Mike Vrabel. Because I think the instinct for a lot of defensive coordinator-minded coaches is to be like, hey, kid, don't screw anything up. 
And I think that they did give Will Levis the license to like, hey, kid, like, let it rip. And so, but they don't. I mean, they did make him. He was the third string quarterback until like four days ago. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I forgot we started with the. Well, (laughs) they let him play. Whatever. It's fine. It's good. Um, Well, someone got hurt. And thankfully, I mean, no offense to (laughs) Ryan Tannehill, but you know. (laughs) Again, this is the Justin Herbert situation potentially here. You know, let's just uh, let's just call it what it is. Thank God Tannehill got stabbed. Yeah. Got it. Real quick. The Oilers power ranking the throwback uniforms. Oilers number one. Seahawks. Well, I got to disagree with Miami that Miami Dolphins. You think yeah. the Seahawks, Seahawks ones are better than the Oilers? That's it's close. your homer. It's close. It's not no, close. They are. Let's this this has got to be our, our this poll. is our poll. Yeah. This is definitely oh, our poll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Best throwback uniforms. I think it's I think it was the Seahawks close by second like a landslide. Seahawks. Wow. Yeah, the Seahawks are they're they're really cool. It was the whole package. I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention to the to the Texans game or sorry, to the Titans game, but like the Seahawks did the whole thing. They did like they had their field made up in like the old school Seahawks look. They had like the helmet on the center field or the middle of the field. They had uh, the old Seahawks like font in the in the end zones. It was like everyone, all the coaches were decked out in the old school Seahawks stuff. It was like freaking being transported back to 1990. They did the, no, the whole Seahawks thing. Seahawks are the only team that did that. So that, I mean, I think that pushes them over the top. No, I'm kidding. I, no, the, every other team did that too. The Oilers did well, that Well, they didn't well. do as good of a job in my opinion. All right. Well, I'm sorry they couldn't recreate your specific childhood for everyone. To- I mean, yeah. Why would I be nostalgic about the Houston Oilers? It's good. All right. Paul, who had the best <laughs> throwback uniforms? Okay. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusion supply This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Other quarterbacks who suck today, because honestly, there are other quarterbacks who were hurt that just played. So Patrick Mahomes gets added to the in, like injury report, but not with an injury designation, like questionable, but they're like, hey, sick. And clearly, I think the Chiefs would have said nothing if not Bijan Robinson right. last week. And the NFL is like, yeah, what are you doing over there? So the Chiefs are just like, hey, he's sick, by the way. Chiefs lost to the Broncos 24 to 9. Big what what's up? What are you doing there, Vegas energy? First time Patrick Mahomes loses a road game to a divisional opponent in his career. Chiefs had beaten the Broncos in their last 16 games. That snapped. Sorry if I jinxed that. Third time in Mahomes' entire career. That. that was the yeah. high text. You said, you said <laughs> that 16 no stat like a hundred times. I did. <laughs> I should have known. Well, I should have put my mortgage stunning. on the Broncos. Yeah. That was a Costanza lying in wait. Uh just the third time in Mahomes' entire career playoffs or regular season that the chiefs did not score 10 points. And so wow. I, 
ask against you, the Broncos defense. I know the what team that the left seventy points six weeks ago. How do people bet on the sport? Do we? We're just throwing this out, right? Like he had flu or COVID, and we'll just never talk about this again as long as he just plays well next week. Yes. Yeah. I, the funny thing here's what's funny. Maybe this isn't funny. I don't know what it is, but we're already back to the point where players are just playing with the flu. Like <laughs> COVID's in the rear view oh. now. I get <laughs> like you know. I didn't even think about like, that. Players are just playing sick, just breathing all over each other. Like, who fucking cares? Whatever. We're back to the old days. Oh, so I like the idea that it's like flu-like symptoms and we're like, yeah, what does that mean? We're like, should we? No, no one's testing shit anymore. Um, So, you know, whatever. I actually, this is whatever. It's it's not my problem. I don't care. What I will say is, I do think, I think Occam's razor with this whole thing is, yes, it was because he had the flu. Like, you're not going to play when you're sick. Like, look, I, I think if I had the flu-like symptoms, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. So the fact that he like played an NFL football game, <laughs> right. I'm 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 writing all of this off. This, I don't I'm not buying a second of this. Good for the Broncos. I was I mean, look, I was impressed with the Broncos' offense. We should we should say that. I mean, 24 points. They were like they they had a lot of like really slow, matriculated drives going up and down the field. They ran the ball well. Russell didn't have any interceptions. Like they actually looked kind of decent. And they've won what three in a row. Three of the last four. This was the Chiefs defense that had been really hot too. Yes. So yeah, I, I think that's a great point. Do you know the phrase that Craig just said? Matriculate down the field has no basis in the English language, but it's used so much in the NFL that Merriam-Webster <laughs> changed the definition of matriculate. They I changed like graduate it? college or something. I believe so. It, it means where um, you attended. It was started by who's the Cowboys. Was it Tech Schram? Some football guy just used it so much that they it became a thing that all coaches use. And then Mary Webster was like, fine. Like how literally doesn't mean literally anymore. They did that. I think we should get rid of the word. I think it's dumb. I don't, I think you literally should just say matriculate. Matriculate. I don't think that, that I don't, I don't think where did you matriculate should be a question. I think it should only be where did you go to college? It sounds personal, right? Like a HIPAA violation. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Brock Purdy and the 49ers lost to the Bengals 31, 17. Purdy. 22 of 31, 365 yards, a touchdown, two picks. One pick was like on a screen pass at the goal line. That wasn't great. Gets the ball back. And next throw, also a pick, like to a linebacker he didn't see. I Maybe possibly the worst game of Brock Purdy's career. He lost a fumble as well. He lost a fumble. It was just like a mess. He was concussed six days ago and probably shouldn't have played. So like, do we throw this out or what are we like? What do we do? No, I don't think we throw it out. I mean, if we throw this out, then we'd have to throw out every past performance where a player played in a game a week after getting a concussion, which until this year happened all the damn time. Like there's thousands of performances of people playing a week after they got a concussion. So unless we throw all those out, we can't throw this one out. I also, to be to be honest, I watched every play of this game. I actually don't think he was that bad. I think he had three bad plays. One of the picks, the first one was tipped, not really his fault. Uh, or like it, it was an amazing play by the defensive lineman, essentially. But the other two were not great. But I kind of thought he was all right. Nine incompletions over 350 yards. He just had like two bonehead plays. I kind of don't think he looked like out of it or off. I just think he like sometimes makes a couple bad throws. I thought he was fine. Like a normal I can't believe I'm saying yeah. this, but like I can't believe he looked <laughs> all right to me. He ran Craig, a lot. What are you doing? I know. Dude, no, I'm Craig's just positioning himself for the pivot as anyone turns on Purdy and Craig's just positioning to be like, no, he's actually pretty good. Look, my whole thing was like, I don't think Purdy's bad. I just don't think he's Tom Brady. Like, I just think he's like a fine game manager who can like read a defense, hit a, hit a pass. I know. Something Not that's controversial. Big, you know, <laughs> I don't have to pick some extreme side. 
So they didn't have Trent Williams, the left. I mean, the, maybe the best left tackle in the league, and they didn't have Debo Samuel. I, Trent Williams is a bigger deal when he's out than Debo. Yeah, but he I mean, didn't. Debo's, Purdy wasn't really pressured though. I feel like the Trent Williams thing. I don't think he even got he got sacked like once. I feel like he was all right. Someone made a great point. I'm sorry, I forget who. They can't run left when Trent Williams is out, which is super true. Like they can't Zoolander, run left. the Zoolander yeah, offense. They yeah, they're Zoolander without Trent Williams. While we're on the Niners. I got to say, I, I just, I fucking can't stand what Kyle Shanahan does with the minutes he he's racking on his players. <laughs> there was nine seconds left in the game. They were down 31-17. Nine seconds left. They get the ball and run a screen pass to Christian McCaffrey. It goes for like 25 yards. Down 14 yards. points. Down 14 points There's no nine way seconds. they can win this game. Right. It is physically impossible. It's not even like it, Oppenheimer it is, where it it's like impossible. a non-zero chance. It's a 0% <laughs> chance they can win the game. And McCaffrey, their most important player, the, their franchise player, if, if he tears his ACL, the season's essentially over. Who has an injury. He's managing. Right, correct. They, they've already like rushed him back. They throw him a designed screen pass and have him run into the defense 25 yards down the field. <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. And Kyle Shanahan should have to answer to it. Greg was Greg was just complaining to us about this prior to the show when we were planning. And uh, like right when he was doing that, someone tweeted at me. This is Christopher DeLauro. He goes, Kyle Shanahan cares less about the well-being of his workers than 18th century coal barons. It is reckless <laughs> behavior from Shanahan. Genuinely reckless. Just grind, like chew him up and spit him out. I will say it's incredible. We didn't spend enough time last week because it was Monday Night Football. Then like, um, you know, Purdy was hurt and everything talking about how the fact that Christian McCaffrey got hurt and we didn't know who to play. And we were like, who's going to be Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason. And they just gave McCaffrey every snap at the goddamn game. Could be back from injury. And then he does this. You were right. Craig, you were on this for a while. And I didn't know I felt about it, but you're so right. Like it's actually a crazy thing to do. It's why I don't feel bad anymore when the Niners are like hurt at the end of the year. And everyone's like, well, man, it's, it's luck. If they were healthy, the Niners would win the Super Bowl. It's like, well, maybe it has to do with the fact that the coach plays every player 100% of the snaps, no matter how healthy they are. Maybe that has something to do with it. He's like, he gets to, he either, he feels too passionately, Craig. He either likes someone too much or hates someone else too much. It's like, he falls let's put too one hard. of our worst play. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, there's plenty of room in this gray area, man. Just like find somebody that you're like, just okay with and let them plenty play. Plenty of fish snaps. in the sea, Kyle. All right. Throw it back up. Throw it. Jordan Mason could have done that with nine seconds left. Would have been okay. <laughs> He's like, hey, do you want to move in together? And it's like, dude, it's like our fourth date. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, just chill. Take it down a notch. Uh, and this is like, this hurts us saying this. I think the NFL needs to load manage way more. I tr I think if you're down 20 and there's six minutes left in the game, I think everybody should be out of the game. And they, they never the do NFL that. The NFL needs to step in. Stop these coaches. <laughs> I, I think it's insane. <laughs> and the game tonight, Josh Palmer hurt his knee on like the 10th play of the game. And he already came in with a knee injury. And he was like writhing in pain. It's like, dude, you're playing the Bears. Let this guy rest for the next week. Nope, he's back out there like 10 minutes later. I'm like, just, it's okay. You're, you're up 14-0. You don't need Josh Palmer back. I don't get it. Relatedly, Christian McCaffrey tied the longest streak in NFL history with 17 consecutive games with the touchdown. Yeah, like against his will, probably. Yeah, like <laughs> being dragged into the end zone. No days off. Also, who's Lenny Moore? Also, oh, no, sorry. A lot of people are going to yell at me now. I don't know who that is. Leonard. Leonard Moore. Lenny. Dude, Lenny, they don't make Lenny's anymore. Did he play with Crazy Legs Hirsch? Dude, I actually, well, no, Hirsch, Lenny Moore was drafted in 1956 by the Baltimore, oh, wow, he was pretty good. Uh, 1956, ninth overall pick, Lenny Moore. He, he probably ran like, he probably ran like a 4'9". He's probably just as slow as Jake Bobo. 
But he was so elite back then. It's like Smush Parker would have like ran circles the, around the Bob, Bob Cousy of his time. Couldn't dribble with his left hand. <laughs> oh my god, the video. Well, it's funny because sixty years later, like, the Celtics still of, have yeah. someone who can't dribble with their left. He looks hand. like fucking Stanley from The Office. Like it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god, the visual. I just got the visual in my head. It's so good. <laughs> it's just like bending over. He's like hunched over. <laughs> Uh, I could dribble better than that fucking guy. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Uh, legend, Bob. All right. still anyway, Lenny Moore. Yeah. Lenny Moore. Cool. Um, we, uh, should we, talk, we should talk about the Bengals. I feel like that is the bigger takeaway. Not that Purdy was shaky. It was that the Bengals are back, and I'm ready to throw all my money down on them to win the AFC. Burrow, I loved it. Joe Montana was there, the original Joe Cool. And Burrow came out, had the best game of the season. Four completions, three t- I mean, four incompletions, three touchdowns. 28 out of 32 against the Niners. 43 yards rushing. He was, I mean, he looked healthy. Like uh, one of the first plays of the game, there was some crazy, he, he uh, eluded like four sacks on this one play, scrambled out and then made like a perfect pass to T. Higgins for the first down on third and 10. Yo, that was a way, way more athletic version of the Eli Manning escape for the helmet catch. It was yeah. like, Eli kind of got out by accident. <laughs> he like, so Burrow Eli fell out of the pocket. It's like when accident. a dog is under a blanket and it just kind of doesn't know where to go. <laughs> doesn't know what is up or down. Yeah. Joe Burrow was like a hero trying to save like a child <laughs> from a burning house. Like Joe Burrow, like actually like just, it was so agile. And I was like, wow, the Bengals are the best team in the league right now, aren't they? Oh, man. I mean, they it's fun. Amazing. It's really fun seeing it again because, like, Chase, uh, Jamar Chase is just so powerful and so fast and just so good. And T. Higgins just looks like he's getting closer to being all the way back. Um, even Joe Mixon looked good today. You know, he's kind of had a tough year, but he looked really uh, like he had more explosiveness, I think, than we've seen in any other game. Again, and again, this is coming against one of the best defenses in the NFL. And so that was like really impressive on the road, on the road. So this is going to be two seasons in a row where Jamar Chase is going to have a stat line that doesn't reflect his skill. Because last year, he missed the first four games of the season. So he only played 12. So his stat line, he only had 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns last year. This year, the Bengals had this weird Joe Burrow injury for the first month or so. And so like it took six weeks for this team to get off the ground. So I bet you his stat line at the end of the year, probably not going to look as good as it could. I know right now, probably the two best receivers in the league, unequivocally, are probably... Tyree Kill and AJ Brown, and those will probably be the top two picks in the draft next year. But but Jamar Chase is is there in my opinion. But because of him having two weird years in a row, I think when people are drafting next year and going backwards and looking at the 2023 stat lines, it's not going to look that great for Jamar Chase. But I am going to put a lot of money on on Jamar next year because he's still he basically had his rookie season, and since then there's always been something kind of holding him back from having a complete season. And so next year, I'm going to be all in on Jamar because I think him and Burrow are probably the best duo talent-wise in the league. I think that's a good call. I think what's insane is that Jamar Chase is 23 years old. I know. I was just going to say this. He's going to be 24 at the start of next season, which is like some rookies are going to be coming in at 24. Yeah, like Dalton. Yeah, like how old is Dalton Kincaid? I think he's already 24. Dalton Kincaid is older than Jamar Chase. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's, like, like, that's a pretty crazy way to think of it. So, yeah. But to your point, though, Craig, I think the top two guys right now are Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown. Like, the, they both have this crazy, like a very weird specific record, but Tyree Kill fastest to 1,000 yards in the Super Bowl era, as DK said. Only it, the Super Bowl era, but like, if you go just NFL history, 
which we could get into why there's a difference. But again, Crazy Legs Hirsch. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Don Hudson and um, Charlie Hennigan. Those are the only three guys who have gotten a thousand yards faster what than Tyreek Does Crazy Legs imply that you're that you're fast or shifty? What is that like really you mean? Run I, was, legs. I was reading his Wikipedia. It, they, it was like that his legs would like bend or roll as he ran. <laughs> His name yeah, is so Elroy. He ran, weird. He, ran but, weird. Uh, he ran very strangely. Yeah, it's kind of like what we say about Ken Walker. Like he's like an orthodox boxer or, box or whatever. I feel crazy like Isaiah Pacheco Hirsch. could be. We need to have a, a crazy legs every generation. Isaiah Pacheco yeah. could be that guy. We do need a crazy legs. The Crazy legs also, Pacheco. I, it kind of works. I have good. a bone to pick with Don Hudson too. I, at some point I need to give a Don Hudson rant. Let's hear it. I think Don Hudson's a fraud. Uh, can you, can we back up? Tell me who Don Hudson is. So Don Hudson is, <laughs> I don't know anything about why this some would say the only competition for Jerry Rice with the greatest receiver ever, or the second greatest receiver ever. Um, Peter King did a countdown a while ago and said, Don Hudson was the greatest football player ever, or this was before Brady had won like his sixth ring. But so Don after Hudson, five rings, it was still Don Hudson for Peter King. So, <laughs> <laughs> he needed Look six picture. Google Don Hudson. So the argument this doesn't even the first, count as football. I'm sorry. He this was the first so like old. modern receiver, but here's my issue. <laughs> I, well, DK, your editor, Riley McAtee, and I, our first big argument was over Don Hudson because Riley McAtee was like, Don Hudson had 1,200 yards and 17 touchdowns in 1942. And I'm like, yeah, because everyone who could guard him was like storming the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> oh, my God. Like everyone who could guard Don Hudson, I'm like, I don't care about All your eleven touchdowns. All able-bodied men were in the war. His effort. helmet yeah. is legitimately a—it's like a water polo ball <laughs> with a hole cut out of it. That's yeah, they couldn't afford metal because they had to send it to France. Oh he had God. like everyone who could guard you was fighting the Nazis. I'm like, I'm not impressed. You led the league in catches for the entirety of World War II, and you know when he retired? 1945, when everyone came back. Never played in 46. Real convenient. <laughs> I'm like Don Hudson. I'm like, I'm unmoved by this. Don records. Hudson is going to sue your ass. <laughs> well, by the way. Or his his Don estate Hudson? is. He died in he died in 97. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I th- this doesn't count. Let's talk about at, like actual real football. This is like the Bob Cousy. So discussion. anyway, like what are we doing? Tyree Kill, fastest two thousand yards <laughs> in the Super Bowl era. But then <laughs> AJ Brown. Longest streak ever was six games of 125 yards, which I've decided is the line now for random records I care about. Everything weirder than that, I'm done with. But that one kind of, I, I actually get it. I like that. Okay, I agree. It's pretty incredible. It seems, it, it's it's not it's not that weird. It, I, I can wrap my head if I if I can understand the record on upon first reading, I'm okay with it. But I hate when you have to like it's like oh on a Sunday when it's raining, Will Levis had the best day of all time technically, and you're like all right, like among players who who had played in. 60 plus games. Like, okay, let's stop. Second round draft picks in week eight. In the history of second round draft picks in week eight, Will Levis had the best day ever. But no, this is not like that. This is 125 yards plus in six straight games. No one else has ever done that. But I feel like Tyree Kill and A.J. Brown are easily the two best receivers in the NFL. And I feel like they're completely different. Like, looking at them, they're completely different, but they're playing style. And it's so funny. It's Tyree Kill, everyone knows is getting the ball, and somehow no one's ever near him. And then A.J. Brown is everyone else is getting the ball. There's always two people near him. And but they both each catch it every time. It's such a it's a great microcosm of like how the wide receiver position should almost be like four or five different actual positions because there's just so many different types of players at receiver um, like A.J. Brown. What, have, what does he weigh? Six. He's like six, one, six, two, 225 pounds. 
just pure muscle, like absolutely huge. And then Tyreek is like five seven. What? How tall is five? How how tall is Tyreek? Five eight. I'm not sure, but we we were talking last week, and we were having a conversation about how AJ Brown has all the the size and speed of like DK Metcalf, but all the soft receiver skills that I don't want to say like Antonio Brown or something, but like it does feel like it's he's approaching the point where he has the best of every possible world. His ceiling's the highest. And it's almost like Terrell Owens-esque if Terrell Owens wasn't an absolute like cancer in every team he'd been on. It's like AJ Brown has a great relationship with Jalen Hurts and is like a pretty likable person. Well, he did start going off, absolutely just going off after he yelled at uh, yeah, that's when the streak Hurts. began. When he started yelling <laughs> at Jalen Hurts. So let's not just like you know. Uh, by the way, Tyreek Hill apparently is five ten, which I never would have guessed. I no thought he was way, he's five ten. Yeah. No shot. <laughs> he's one hundred percent five eight. Okay, I'm I'm with you on that one. I think Ty- Tyreek Hill had that touchdown where he was bracketed in double coverage by the Patriots, but he just ran between the two guys and no one touched him, and he just ran from past both of them, and I was like, oh my god. So. I think Chase is a notch below both of them. I think that they're just all like on another level right now. I think you're right, Craig, that those are probably the top two picks in drafts next year. Do you think AJ Brown is um, one of the players who's t- taken the biggest jump this year? Not to say that he was bad before, but like, I don't know. Cause I, now I just look at him. I'm like, that is the best, one of the best players in the NFL period. I would not have said that last year. I thought he was a really, really good player, but he's, I don't know. To me, he's just on a whole different level. Do you guys agree with that? Or do you think it's just recency bias? No, I'm, I'm I'm right there. Just taking his game to a new level. Like, if you could just have A.J. Brown or Justin Jefferson for the next five years, who would you want? Man, that's hard. I kind of want to say A.J. Brown, to be honest, but... A.J. Brown is 26. Jefferson's Justin Jefferson's what, 24. Like, yeah. Still, though, he's having an insane year. That one-handed catch today was incredible. Yeah, the Eagles-Washington game was crazy. This is somehow, like, the best one of the best the best rival in the NFC East for sure like the last three games Washington so Eagles won 38 to 31 today but the game was like weirdly close and back and forth the whole time and then last two times they played was overtime when Sam Howell said it overtime the Eagles won by three and then the game for that was Monday Night Football when the Washington beat the Eagles last season so then this week it's 38 to 31 Eagles Sam Howell's the number one quarterback on the week in fantasy which is incredible because again on pace to but still in play for him to break the sack record before the bye week for Washington. And then the Eagles had a perfect fantasy football day because they got two touchdowns to A.J. Brown, 99 yards, bounce back game for Devontae Smith, and then DeAndre Swift got a touchdown too. So just like a perfect fantasy performance. And then Jahan Dotson had the bounce back game too Our for Washington. boy, he's back. Still looks good too. Never, We, we never gave up. We knew that it was Howell's fault. And it was just all of the plays <laughs> where Jahan Dotson would have had a catch. Howell got sacked. That's what we determined. Um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of gave up on him from a fantasy point of view, which I regret. But the whole time, I want to say, we talked about how we still believe he's really, really talented, really good player. Finally, that showed up today. He looked really good, man. I don't even know if this counts as bounce back. This is just like incredible, but no one talks about it. The Saints won 38 to 27 over the Colts. Alvin Kamara is top four running back on the week, 21 touches, 110 yards, two touchdowns. Since Kamara came back in week three, he's 39 catches as a running back. The gap between Kamara and first and second place, which is DeAndre Swift, the gap between first and second in catches among running backs is the same between first and second as it is between second and 39th. <laughs> Jeez. 
place. Like it, that's how big the gap is. I love Kamara, man. I'm so happy we were in on him this year. I'm so happy we were in on, on his weird uh, health kick, leg. making sure his legs <laughs> weigh the same and him finding new trainers because he honestly does look like vintage Kamara, especially today. I, I, the last few weeks have been like primarily like volume-based performances, but today his two touchdowns were old school Kamara where like, it almost looks like he's like hovering and he just bounces off people and like, he doesn't slips, lose his balance. Yeah. Slips through tackles. Like people slip off of him. It's really weird. Should we get our legs weighed, like recalibrate? Do you think we'll be better just <laughs> podcast if our legs are just Absolutely. weighed the same? Did we ever figure out how we're going to do that? No, we, uh, no, I don't think we ever figured out how to weigh our legs. Mm. All that, we had engineers email us and I think they all had smart ideas, but we forgot all of them. I prefer <laughs> the emails from the people who were like, I'm not an engineer. Those my favorite part was that the people who started with I'm not an engineer were so much more confident about the way to do it than the people who were like, here's my job. It's I mean, that's like this. a microcosm for the world. But yeah. yeah, that's true. But isn't it funny about the Saints? Like, nobody gave a shit that the Saints just put up 38 points today and looked r- really good. But no, like the, the Eagles put up 38. I think which you know, the Saints tied for the highest offensive performance today, and nobody cares. I don't know what the Saints have to do for people <laughs> to compliment them, but I don't know. Why would you love me? Derek Carr looked good. They have a lot of talent. They won, but nobody cares. Nope. Taysom Hill. Hall of Famer Taysom Hill. Number one tight end on the week. Nine carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns. He's, he's the goal line quarterback for this team. They can't move the ball. He is in like, the he's like peak era Cam Newton in the red zone these days. Like he can't, you cannot stop him. Uh, I think it was Kamara or somebody after the game said it's like uh, Taysom Hill is like the tush push. Like, you know, it's coming. You still can't stop it. It's like they light up with like nine guys on the line of scrimmage and just smash into the end zone. It's great. I mean, he, uh, he has like a he has a, a pass, a rush and a catch in every game. Like he yeah, is 45, literally 44 and yard blocks. pass. Yeah. And blocks. He is Cloyce Box. He's the Cloyce Box of 2023. He is Cloyce Box. We got to write that that Cloyce Box award for Taysom Hill. I think yeah. we made fun of him for way too long, and now he's actually good, and now no one why. is able to admit I always it. liked him. I, the people hating on him, I th- well, it, to be clear, I think Sean Payton did try harder to make him like a regular quarterback. The, 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 it's kind of like Daniel Jones, where people made fun of him more be- when he got paid a lot of money, and Taysom Hill got that fake contract. But it, he actually does get paid like $15 million a year, which is more than actual tight ends. Like he makes, he was making more than Travis Kelsey till like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, that. that's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> wow. I, I don't think I've ever said that out loud. Craig, that's Craig's like wanting to send him to the Hall of Fame and he still says that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a lot. 10.8 million in cash this year for Taysom Hill. Damn. Uh, I poo pooed you guys a little bit uh, last week because you said he was a big wave rat and, um, I was worried about Juwan Johnson coming back in and sniping all the routes because he was essentially playing receiver the last like three weeks. He only caught one pass today, but it didn't fucking matter because he ran nine times, had two rushing touchdowns, and he threw a 44 yard bomb. Like he's he's just immune to whatever role he does, he's just going to produce. He's not going to do this every week. And if you pick him up and you put him in, he'll burn you. But I don't care because at the end of the day, if you're streaming tight ends, you're just scrounging yeah. for four or five points and maybe they get a touchdown. And why not gamble on the touchdown or bust guy as the guy who's like a goal line quarterback for an NFL team? Like he just is taking direct snaps inside the 10 yard line. He's actually a good runner. He is. There was a moment where I forgot like what position he was drafted as. Like that's how versatile he is. I was like, was Taysom Hill a quarterback out of high school or college? 
Uh, I, it also makes me think that Tim Tebow could have been this if he was willing. Yeah, no, he's he was too Hollywood. Was Tebow know? ever this fast though? I can't remember off the top of my head because no. I think no, he Taysom was a little Hill bit bigger like and bulkier. Yeah, I think the idea of taste of Tebow being a physical player was much more um, an idea. Like if you watch Taysom Hill, he fight, he puts guys on it, their ass. Yeah, he. Like, like, I don't know if Tim Tebow down. <laughs> like the, I Tebow don't think the, the Taysom Hill thing doesn't work if he can't block well. Yeah. Uh, he's just willing to Tebow. get down in the mud. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Honestly, who can do what he's doing? <laughs> Crazy I, Legs Hill. It's, Crazy Legs Hill. Don other than Eli Manning, that's Hill. like the best Taysom Hill Hall of Famer. It's incredible. I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to go to the Hall of Fame, Craig. Not to like rain on your parade. I don't know yeah. why we've been out on him for so long. I think it was because he was always just like seen as a vulture and no one knew what position he was and he was kind of ruining fantasy. But now he might be revolutionizing it and he was just before his time. <laughs> because, because he was ruining fantasy. No, he's after his time. <laughs> he should have yeah, he came back from World War II and killed a bunch of Nazis and then like played for 15 years and become, become a Become a titan of industry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's way after his time. It's like Jim, he, he is like Stan, like dribbling the basketball hunched over. We're like, wow, this is so crazy to watch. <laughs> you, just call him, you just call him Stan? Stan <laughs> from the office. It's oh, Stanley. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Stan. Stan. I don't know. We're, we're, we're friends. Uh, speaking of things no one cares about, you're right. No one cares about the Saints. Gus Edwards, top two fantasy players last two weeks. A.J. Brown, Gus Edwards. <laughs> That's great. It's kind of weird. Love fantasy. Love what it's we're doing. Weird. It just feels like the Ravens, they like decide before they're going into the game. Like, all right, are we going to have Lamar rush for touchdowns or the running backs today? And today was a day where they just kept giving it to the running backs. They draw straws in the locker room before the game. Am I crazy? Despite what I just said about Gus Edwards having more fantasy, not kind of quarterbacks, more fantasy points than every player except AJ Brown. Every time Justice Hill touches the ball, I'm like, he's so much better. Justice Hill is averaging like five touches a game and they all are going for like, he's like, Discount Devon uh, Devon Achan. Like every time he touches the ball, it's nine yards. I, they got to have a stat. I think I, actually ne- next gen stats might actually have this stat, but it's basically how many yards north you get or downhill versus how many yards you actually run on the field. You know what I mean? Like Justice Hill is going real wide to run two yards, whereas Gus Edwards he's so good just right up the middle of the field. He breaks tackles. Um, this is like a, a player who, you know. It's along the same lines of like a Rashad Penny where, you know, a certain threshold, he's like one of the top yards per carry running backs of all time. If you Literally, like really yeah. look at what he's done. Literally top five. It's it's insane, but he's not, no one thinks he's good. He, I, well, I think no, people think he's good, TV, but no one thinks he's good. Including elite. us. Obviously, like when you set thresholds for a stat, just storytelling that goes into it. So all the TV broadcasts, and we do that too, but TV broadcasts. When they're like top yards per carry all the time, it happened all the time with Browns games. It's like Nick Chubb one, Jamal Charles two, Jim Brown three, and it's like a very random number of carries because the random numbers to make sure it's not Gus Edwards at three instead of Jim Brown or whatever. <laughs> right, right. And like they want, they don't want Aaron Jones and Gus Edwards messing up the stat. Gus Edwards, I'm looking at the next next gen stats. There's an efficiency metric that they have. Gus Edwards is like top ten. In the NFL. Yeah, but we also like it's because the Ravens offense, especially prior to Todd Munkin, like it's like the easiest offense to run in because like everybody was terrified. Lamar was space. Gonna, yeah, yeah. So it's like everybody, J.K. Dobbins. That's why we're all cool cutting off the stat. Oh, my God. I looked up yards per attempt all time and I didn't filter out running back. So I just have the number one. Actually, can you guys guess who's actually their number one leader all time in yards per attempt? 
Like, like what's the minimum amount of carries? <laughs> no way, no minimum? Way, I've stumbled into the greatest list ever. Yeah, no, 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 no. The, the qualifying leaders only, but it includes all positions. <laughs> Rashad Penny. No, it's Michael Vick. Oh, yeah. Number two is someone named Beatty Feathers from the 1934 Chicago. Beatty Feathers? Cardinals, wait. Beatty Feathers. <laughs> are, are both names made up? Are they, is it a double nickname? Be- Beatty Feathers. <laughs> That's his stage name. <laughs> Beatty Feathers from uh, 1,004 rushing yards this rookie year. And then he like didn't have 1,000 the rest of his, com- year, of his career combined. For the Chicago, I didn't even know if this was the Cardinals or the Bears. The 34 Chicago Bears. Beady Feathers. Beady Feathers. <laughs> His name was William. <laughs> Beady Feathers. <laughs> Wait, and the point I was going for, third is Randall Cunningham, and fourth is Lenny Moore. Lenny. Lenny. Beady Maybe football was feathers. more fun back then. It sounded like everybody was just going off every game. <sighs> Anyway, it was just a bunch of Taysom Hills running around putting up numbers. That's, that's one of the great. top pictures of P- of Beady Feathers is him punting a football. <laughs> that's amazing. It's, Everybody was playing one position. They're just playing like everything. Yeah, yeah. We were. It was just a bunch of guys out there doing whatever. Dude, Beady Feathers has. Oh, he does have a photograph. The he funniest thing anyone ever said of a close box. He can get the. He can get his foot above his head by like four feet. The funniest thing about close box is that his photo on Wikipedia is a painting. <laughs> that is just I'll never get over that <sighs> oh my god okay I also want to mention the Cowboys it's gonna be sick Cowboys playing the Eagles next week CeeDee Lamb 12 catches 150 yards two touchdowns he had 130 yards two touchdowns before halftime and then the Cowboys I mean they just absolutely rocked they embarrassed the Rams like that was it honestly looked like the Giants opening game against the Cowboys was 4 to nothing it was 43 to 20 but didn't really look like that and then the Cowboys defense, I think it now is basically the second best fantasy defense halfway through the season in like 10 years after that crazy run the Patriots had with the Darnold scene ghosts. But the Dallas defense is insane. Also um, bounced back for CeeDee Lamb. Had a great game. Dak looked good. Oh my, he had Dak's a career hot. game. Two, two straight weeks now. Also, when are we going to talk about uh, Tony Pollard just kind of being a bust? Because he kind of has been. Yeah, we really fucked that up, didn't we? We maybe wow. jinxed him. I wouldn't say it's our fault. It's uh, coaching. No, I don't know. Yeah, it's bad. He, I think he has three straight games with less than 10 points. That's not great. That's not what you're He's looking for. He's probably a buy low. I mean, he hasn't had over 50 rushing yards since like week three. How do we, what, what do we do when we recommend someone to buy low, but everyone's drafted him and wants to get rid of him because we told people to take him? Is there an element of the, the Cowboys just have never, they never play a regular game to this? They don't play in normal games. They either get killed or kill. But you'd think in a game like this, this would be perfect for Tony Pollard, but they just like kept throwing. Six points today. That's tough. Yeah. We need the word for when you see, like you, it's like you were out all day and you come home and you check the box scores and you go, Dallas, 43. And you go, oh my God, great. They won by 23 points. They put up 40 plus. I have Tony Pollard. You check six points. There needs to be a word for that. Is it blue balls? I don't know. 15, so 12 rushes for 53 yards today. Last week, it was 15 rushes for 30 yards. The week before, eight rushes for 29 yards. It's Good. rough, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a new memento tattoo, and I know people will be like, his explosiveness is there. Did you see? I don't care. My new rule is if you broke your leg within the calendar year, I'm not drafting. If, you're, if a bone in your body was broken. No, some bones, I don't care. But like your leg? <laughs> 
Some bones Running's are fine. in your job title. Rank okay, the fine. bones in which you care the most. Femur, tibia, femur, fibia, tibia is top three. Fibula. I don't know the word. I don't. Is it fibia or fibula? Whatever. F- fibula. Tibia and fibula. Yeah. Okay. That's what. Yeah. That's what I meant. Foot, All right. Foot bones. Those are tough. There's so many of those. Do you care more, Hyvitz, if a player tore a ligament or if he broke a bone in his leg? You know what? I think I was gaslit this year to be told that broken bones don't mean anything. And I was like, okay, sure. That sounds true. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think you were gaslit. I think it was, I think I was just convinced. D- data would suggest <laughs> I was just convinced. Data would suggest that's the case, but maybe in this case it didn't work out great. I was convinced by various medical professionals I spoke to. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was gaslit not, by my teachers on real everything facts. Is gaslighting, you know? <laughs> well, actually, can I tell you a story at a Halloween party this weekend? At a Halloween party this weekend, and I was in my kitchen getting a drink, and I accidentally turned on my gas stove with my butt by accident. And it was like, duh, 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 you know, doing the gas stove thing. And my friend, were Claire you was a like, chef for Halloween? Yeah. It made it funny because then you could yell at people. And then the, I turned around and I'm like, Claire, why did you do that? Like, why did you turn on the stove? She was like, you turn on the stove. I was like, no, you turn on the stove. And I was like, that's called gaslighting. Oh, so, yeah. wow. Pretty bad. That, that is, that's good. Dad level. Well done. Yeah. You, yeah. That sounds like you won that night. I, thank you. I've also made a discovery. I also think that someone I'm not talking about enough. Kickers are incredible now. I feel like we are talking about it the appropriate amount, but we know <laughs> everyone's like, no, everyone is you. Everyone's like, oh, get rid of kickers. Fantasy. The kickers. I, I started looking into this today when the Dallas Cowboys kicker before halftime made a 50 rookie made a 58 yard field goal standing on the Cowboys logo. And he drilled it, and it was so casually down the middle and so far past the – it was never in doubt distance. And I'm like – so I, I, it was so it was so normal. It was so routine that I started looking this up, and I realized, do you know that there have already been four kicks this year made from 60 yards? Four. There were four 60-yard kicks in the 20th century. Yeah, you know, I I forgot. I actually forgot how rare a sixty yard field goal was. And I, uh, knowing that you were going to talk about this, I like I rem- I remember distinctly, like back in college, when a kicker would li- when like Matt Prater would line up for like a sixty one yarder. It was a big in deal in Denver. Yes, it was like a big deal. I remember. Oh, he's he's attempting a sixty two yarder. They would have like a guy like a kick returner down in the end zone. They would cut to it like Barry Bonds <laughs> was about to break. They'd be like, "Oh, hold, hold yes. everything." Matt Prater is going to attempt a sixty three yard field goal. And now I actually don't even really think about it if it's a sixty yard field goal. It's they're hitting the net. You get mad if they if they miss like a forty something yarder. Dude, even though that's, that's like kind of where I'm going. There's someone like someone made a missed a fifty four yarder, and they're like, "But," and they're like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Dude, you made a hard fifty so here's, I started looking this up. The, the numbers are insane, but for 60 yarders, one third of all 60 yard field goals ever made in pro football have been made since the beginning of the 2021 season. One third of all of them. <laughs> That's two and a half yeah. seasons. So it's like they, and then from 50 yards. So this is through, if I just look at the last eight weeks because we're eight weeks in the season. So I felt like it's the only way to compare. If you look at the last 15 years, Teams have tried almost twice as many field goals from 50 yards this year through eight weeks than they did 15 years ago. Almost twice as many. And I I think that that's really like attempts is almost a better and they're making them at a slightly higher rate. But the attempts is interesting to me because coaches aren't going to let you try a kick unless they think you can make it. They know your range. So like the range itself is 
like double from 50 yards. There's just so many good kickers now. Well, I want to see somebody show up and like kick a 75 yarder. I'm surprised we haven't seen like a Victor, a Victor Wembenyama or something where it's just like, there's this free kicker that we've never seen before. And he's drafted in the first round because he was kicking like 77 yarders in college. Like, I feel like that's going to happen. And I'm surprised we haven't seen it yet. Some guy who just like dedicated his life from 10 years old on to becoming the greatest kicker in the world. Well, Roger Sherman, who is now just doing road, Raj, just like going to as many college football games as humanly possible this year. I always ask this question of like, if you had a kicker that could make a field goal from like, or no, he started with like, if you had a punter that could put the ball at the one yard line every time, where would you take him? Because the answer is obviously first overall, because field is like, that's. And so if you had a kicker, how far would a kicker have to make a field goal consistently if you did just draft him first overall? First overall? Yeah. Because if he could just consistently make 70 yard field goals, he'd probably be worth more than like 25 quarterbacks. I think if you could hit a 75 yarder, you'd be maybe the first pick in the draft. Cause that, that would mean you're like around the four, you're uh, the 40 yard line, your own 40 yard line. You're you scoring like goal. on every drive, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if you can, if you could actually, and that's kind of like, if you could make us, and I, I'm saying like consistently is at that length, 65% of them, even it's pretty insane. You get basically get two first downs and you can kick a field goal instead of punt. You essentially like 15, 20 yards, right? You kick that field goal. The only issue is, is they'd have to be so accurate because if, if they miss, you're screwed because the other team is essentially in the red zone. Oh, that's true. So <laughs> it's right, like going for it on fourth in your own end. Yes. There is a, a weird rule that almost never happens that, wow, this hasn't happened in years. If you fair catch a ball, at the end of the first half, when time's expired, a punt, you get the t- you have the option to elect a field goal, even if the time is expired. Actually, I think only if the time is, or if there's any time left, I forget exactly how it works. But if you take an onside kick, or not an onside, if you fair catch it, and you get to do a field goal, but there's no defense, so you, it's you get to like line up for a kickoff style. What? I know this sounds crazy, but this, this is I know something this Roger crazy. brought up, right? Are you yes. gaslighting yeah. me? This maybe, yeah. <laughs> this is like you're trying to win a Toyota at halftime of a basketball game. It is. It's like so. Imagine I a did kickoff. That. I know. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was like, did you just come up with that? <laughs> we talked about this. For those who don't know, Craig, we've had, made a, many, the we've had a lot of conversations. Turns out. Yeah. For those who don't know, Craig made a half court basketball shot in college to for a truck, and then never got the truck. A whole I'm thing. not going to lie. It's very impressive because Craig does it and doesn't all the kids freak out. Craig's like, yeah, no, I knew that was going in. I did. Felt good coming off the hand <laughs> fingertips. <laughs> I should have done the Steph Curry thing. I should have just shot it and turned around. <laughs> like Jordan Poole for yeah, the Wizards sure. the other day. Jordan Poole does the spin around. God, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying the Jordan Poole experience. Woo. DK, player on the Wizards that the Warriors traded away, shot a th- corner three. And then turned around to stare at the other bench and then bricked it. And it didn't go in <laughs> while he was back was to the basket. And then he could have gotten the rebound if he had just followed up. Good, good. But yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> but the point being, I'm, I'm serious. This is a real rule. If you Jordan fair Poole catch a, a, the ball, punt, <laughs> you can elect for this kick, but there's no defense. So Justin Tucker's always said he could make a 75-yard field goal with the running start of no defense because he could just do a kickoff. I mean, that, isn't that... Isn't that Oh, I guess that it, no, that's way further. I mean, what do you kick off from? The twenty-five, the twenty? Where you kick off from? Oh, I forget the three, the thirty-five. They moved it back or up. I forget. I'm at the age where it's the changed three guy. times in my what? lifetime. I know, but they changed it twice in my lifetime, so now I feel old. I, I mean, if you kick off from the twenty, I mean that's eighty yards of field plus the end zone. They kick off from the thirty-five. 
Oh, they kick off from the 35. Oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, that's like 70, 80 yard field goal right there. And I mean, guys are hitting that through the upright all the time on kickoffs. DK has been very polite, but I can tell he doesn't give a like, shit. Sorry. I'm sorry. This is, uh, I just, I don't, uh, I just don't care. Four kicks in the 20th century, 60. All right, whatever. It's fine. It's not my thing. Is that all we got? Kicking is your ick. <laughs> it's just so non-congruent with the rest of the sport. It's just weird. Oh, wait, wait. Before we go, we have to. The rain. There was so much rain oh, today. Yes. Craig asked the question, why can't you see rain on TV? I know that sounds stupid. And I know it is no, a stupid question. Everyone's wondering this. I've always, I've always wondered why, like DK didn't know it was raining in the Giants game. It's insane. Well, I thought your question, I thought when you first asked, I thought your question was like, why doesn't the rain hit the camera? And I was like, well, they have like a cover for it, but yeah. I actually don't. No, I'm, I, yeah, I get that part. <laughs> no, it's like, you know I what? They know have what. to like show you the special <laughs> shot of the announcers zoomed wrong to show you the rain. And then they cut back to the game and then it like the rain's gone. And I I'm mean, like, it, it, it's, this is like a simple answer, but I think it has something to do with the focus of the, of the camera. Like the camera's lens is focusing on the players and on the field. Yeah. No, I get that, but that's no, a word that's I don't know what it means. There's no way that's correct. <laughs> I, my, my guess is because when, you, when, it's, when it's a close-up, even if you're focused on the player, you can see the rain. And I think it's because when you're so far out and you're so zoomed the, out. The I, raindrops are too small. Wait, did you know how that's without it. Googling it? I, yeah, this, I did not Google it. I, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like it's common sense. It's just like, the, I mean, ra- water is quite literally see-through and it is too. <laughs> God damn it. And How like, heavy and is a cloud, you, Craig? And, and like the raindrops <laughs> are so like small that from a distance you can't see them. I think that's the answer. <laughs> I think this that's is, the answer. I really do. You know what's crazy? Oh my God, I think I this think is I our dumbest discussion I work from home now ever. so much that I'm like, can I see through rain when it, I'm outside too? It's I can't quite remember. literally see-through. <laughs> Water is translucent. If, any, if anything, uh, it's a miracle because you're like, can you imagine if it rained? You're like, yep, yeah, can't put it on TV. You can tell when it's raining though because the game looks like it's like foggy or something. There's just like a weird... Haze. No, I really don't think you can tell. Like you, you can tell based on the context clues, but it's incredible how sometimes you're like, "Oh, it looks like it rained," and then they cut, and you're like, "Oh my god!" If you were outside in this, you, you have to tell from the fans and how sad they look. Oh, I, I know. If it's the, is it the frame rate? Is it something like that? Who knows? No, no one knows. Again, when it's close up, you can see the rain. So I don't think that the frame rate. Do you know how many there. people listening right now are screaming the this answer? Happens this happens to us a lot, I feel like. Were, were yeah. you, are, I, I actually, are you guys laughing at me because my answer is so dumb or just at how stupid this conversation is? Because I literally no, think no, it's no. that. I'm laughing at us because we don't actually know the real answer. And I think it's that raindrops are small and the camera is far away. <laughs> I genuinely feel <laughs> that way. And they're see-through. That, and that they're I see-through. Think everyone can get on board with <laughs> Like when was like, well, the drops are when too you're big photographing to, that, an entire field from a distance. Yeah, you're not going to see tiny little raindrops. I kind of think that's but just there's it. so many raindrops, but, but they're also small. But my questions, <laughs> I guess what I'm asking is how cameras work, because when I'm there, I see the rain. Uh, yeah, well, your eye doesn't work like a camera, right? <laughs> hey, uh, there's an answer. Work. There's an answer. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com <laughs> if you know why the cameras don't show the rain. We're going to get so many emails that are with the headline, like, you guys are morons. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> we we usually it. get a headline. Well, like a every week. Yeah. I feel like. All right. We're going to leave. Thank you, DK. Thank we're you. We're asking Thank you the advance. questions that matter. 
you know? Thank you in advance to everyone who emailed us explaining what, how the rain works. Well, no, I no, the, actually, I want to know how rain works too, but uh, emailing us how the rain camera thing works. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Prince. Purple rain. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Maybe Prince, he would know, I feel like. See, if the rain was really, purple, he would have a really good answer. You would for see us. it. But it is not. It is secret. <laughs> I hope clear. now that you're it's wrong. Clear. It's clear. <laughs> it's uh, notoriously oh see through. Famously see through. I like somebody tweeted at us that we sound like every conversation that's ever happened in Always Sunny. And like I can't not see that now. Every time we have a conversation, I'm like, God, we're morons. <laughs> so Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania, but ha- but Philadelphia is also in Pennsylvania. So how could that be? Excuse me, what is this man saying? <laughs> you can't have is, two cities is water in one state. transparent or translucent? It depends on the water. <laughs> That's a good question. What is the difference between those two words, Craig? Translucent is totally see-through, and opaque is not see-through at all, and translucent's in between. Translucent allows light, but not detailed shapes. I think translucent. Translucent. You had a little Collinsworth moment there. Pash rush. Translucent. (laughs) Well, I think it depends on if the water's moving. I actually saw this thing on Instagram where if if water is coming out of like a balloon at like a really even rate, it looks like it's a like frozen. You know what I mean? It, the water looks like a icicle, but it's actually oh, a whole bunch of water flowing out. It's like this optical illusion. It's insane. Is that like how rims on cars look like they're going backwards sometimes? Oh, I have thought. I don't know if it's Wait, the same stupid thing, question. It, it's an optical illusion. Yes. But DK, when you say question. water coming out of a balloon, <laughs> don't you get the same effect with like your faucet? If you just look at it a certain way, it, you just turn a faucet on. And you, you must have the most it. badass faucet if your faucet looks like that. But I don't think most faucets do. But I. But he's. You're saying like if water comes out of like a spout in an even. It rate, looks like the, it's paused. It looks like the water is just sitting there in space, not moving. Like an. Why wouldn't a faucet almost. do that though? Why wouldn't a sink? Because it doesn't come out at a uniform enough manner. Really, water is sick. I love water. Can we start talking? Sure. Should we start talking about surface tension? Well, I mean, it's the what weak the fuck force. is that all about? You That's know? The, the weak force. It's crazy. It's actually like. There's like this whole thing uh, that I, I was I read about last summer about why people like. Have we talked about this? Why people like living near water? Because they don't want to die. Yes, but like they don't actually <laughs> not, like it's like it's like a subconscious. I get thought. you're in California. This must be a mystery to you living near water. But. Well, no, but it's like, pe- like no, people like bodies were, like, of water. surveyed and they didn't. They were just like, I like living near water, but they like couldn't really explain why. And For it the was view. like because you're no. ev- evolved to be near water. Well, I mean, yes, the view, but yeah, civilization obviously like is built around water, right? It, it, it starts near water and then expands out. But I, I never really consider the fact that like why people just like staring at water and it like doesn't really make sense, but people just like to sit and look at water and <laughs> yeah. do you know? Yeah. When you actually think about it, it's funny because it's like, it's just flat and there's no features to it whatsoever. It's just water. You don't ever hear people being like, I just want to sit and look at a big old patch of grass. Like, just like grass as far as the eye can see. I love that. But it's like water, absolutely. And it, I, it's because of like it's the inherent like human feeling of safety and security if you're near water. DNA deep. Yeah. Anyway, I it's love like water. the opposite of an ick. It's an ah. Ah, water. That's, what you, that's why you say that after you have a, re- a refreshing glass. It's late. It's too late. That's good. That was all right. 
This is water. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone.